Hey everybody, welcome to West Seattle Christian Online. If you're new, welcome. If not, welcome back. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the actionable practice of eating in community like Jesus. I want to start by asking a question. Have you ever wondered if Jesus took a break from the work of his ministry? Like, did he read a book or, or a scroll? I mean, he walked everywhere, so I'm pretty sure he didn't like take uh, walks or hikes to relax. Maybe he went fishing. Maybe he went swimming. Did he borrow someone's workshop and experiment on woodcraft designs he'd been dreaming up? Did he ever just roll down to the local watering hole and, you know, make small talk with the locals? Um, I happen to think he did, which is why Matthew eleven nineteen says that the Son of Man, that's Jesus, came eating and drinking, and they say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. I mean, did Jesus do whatever the fitness rage was at the time, like CrossFit or yoga? I mean, the older I get in my faith, the more I realize that the stories we have about Jesus are not the full scope and picture of his life. I mean, we don't have everyday details of his, of his days, week in and week out, like a diary. But what we do have gives us enough of an idea about what he valued most. And he did spend an awful lot of time with other people people who were agreeable to him, like his followers, and then people who disagreed with him as well. And he seemed to have done a lot of this relationship building or attempted relationship building over a meal. For example, uh, like at the wedding feast in Cana in John 2, 1, 1 through 10, or at the house of Simon the Pharisee in Luke chapter 7, or when all the Gospels record that he was in a deserted place and he feeds 5,000 men and presumably a lot of women and children too. You can reference that in like Matthew 14 and Mark 6, Luke 9. Don't you think Jesus ate some of that food as well? And when he was at the house of Mary and Martha in Luke 10 or at the house of a certain Pharisee in Luke 11 and the house of one of the chief Pharisees in Luke 14. He was at the house of Simon the leper in John 12. Uh, you can also find that in Matthew 26 or Mark 14. He was at the house of two men he met on the road of, to Emmaus in Luke 24 or with seven of his disciples at the Sea of Galilee in John 21. And that doesn't even cover all the feasts and Passovers that Jesus as a Jew would have been eating at. And he spent time with all these different groups of people, not just talking, not just sermonizing, not just standing out in a field pontificating, he spent a lot of time with people while eating. Eating, in other words, is where it was at with Jesus. That was where he found his mojo, so to speak. Jesus, God incarnate, Emmanuel, God with us, literally wanted to be with us. Just be with us relationally. And it seems that he found the best way to do that was over good food and drink. Is it any wonder that one of our primary sacramental acts as followers of Jesus is to, is to remember him at the communion meal, at the Lord's table? It's called the Last Supper in Matthew 26 and in Mark 14 and in Luke 22 and in John 13. And true enough, Christians down throughout the centuries have elaborated on that theme so that an understanding rose up that you could remember Jesus at every meal, in fact. Jesus' own words in the Lord's Prayer after acknowledging God and His holiness and asking Him for His kingdom, His reality to reign on earth, the first thing Jesus teaches us to pray for after that is our daily bread. Jesus who definitely went hungry while, it, while he was fasting in the desert, like we talked about last week in our Resisting Temptation teaching, well, he probably went hungry more often than we realize. 
Why do you think he and his disciples are picking grain to eat on the Sabbath in Matthew 12? Uh, you can find that story in Luke 6, too. So taking the time to ask God for your next meal was a big deal. And therefore, sharing a meal with others was a really big deal. Not only does it have to do with the notion of hospitality, and you could see the card uh, for my teaching on that subject from a few weeks ago here, but it has to do with it has to do with engaging in relationship with others. This is so important. Too much of our days and lives are spent in passing by or passing up other people in our lives, even people that we think or say are important to us. Our family has made a habit out of eating as many meals po- together as possible. It's, it's where we pray together. It's where we laugh. It's where we tell each other about our day, about our highs and our lows, our problems. It's beautiful, but other times it's not always pretty. There can be arguments. Sometimes we're just worn out, but we do it anyway. It's more than just checking in with each other. It grounds us. The actionable practice of eating in community like Jesus did can be done with just you and one other person. It can be you and your spouse, you and a friend. It can be done with just a few people, like with your family. It can be done with a group of 10 or 20 or 50 or even 100. This is where we get the idea, you know, that kind of needs to be reclaimed, this essential, dare we say it, ancient practice of the potluck. But if you just start with you and one other person, that's a good place to start, or with your family as well, or your family alongside one or a few other families. And what did Jesus do at these meals besides eat? He built relationships. When Jesus was eating, he encouraged others. He gave them value. He spoke words of wisdom. Sometimes he just listened because sometimes, in fact, a lot of times, that's what others need from us and it's what we need from others. Other times, he confronted other people within the presence of a group of other people around the table and he called them out on their behavior and their actions and he challenged them to change their ways. Eating together as Christians is a biblical and deeply spiritual practice. It has everything to do with practicing the way of Jesus. Eating around a table as a community is primarily an act of saying to everyone else around the table, we all need each other. And it's also saying God is here in our midst. He is literally sustaining us by the good gifts he provides, but also through our presence with each other and through the presence of his Holy Spirit within each one of us around the table. So We're all going to be okay. In fact, we're going to be more than okay. We can shine brightly for others just by inviting them and sharing this kind of life with those who don't have it yet. In other words, it's one of the best places to embody and live out and share the gospel with others. Just being relationally present face-to-face with other human beings who bear God's image, even if they don't know Him fully yet. All you're doing is following Jesus' example by engaging in life's most basic and essential activities with other people. Simple. If you follow Jesus' example, you'll probably end up eating and being part of all kinds of different community meals, too. So here's what it looks like. The first thing is that doing this is intentional. It means having a conversation with your family that you want to set aside meals, or at least certain meals, as kind of non-negotiable space to eat and be with and value each other, you know, preferably not in front of the TV. And the second thing intentionality requires is planning. If you want to eat with a friend, you have to plan it. You have to put it on the calendar. You have to make the invitation. Put one on the calendar every week or every month. Make a list of people you want to get to know better. 
ask groups of people after church on Sunday if they want to go out to eat or go to the farmer's market or plan ahead to have everyone bring picnic food and head out to the park afterwards. Plan to bring something extra for those who don't have enough. Plan a small neighborhood block party. National Night Out is a time most neighbors in your hood are pretty open to blocking off the street and holding a potluck in the middle of the road. It's a good chance to meet all of them. And it's always on the first Tuesday of August every single year. This year, that's August 2nd. Mark the date on your calendar. If you don't live in a place that does this, just join a friend whose neighborhood does do it. Join them with theirs. Or do it around a theme like Juneteenth last week or Fourth of July or Halloween or Thanksgiving or St. Patrick's Day, whatever. Invite your friends and coworkers to do like a cook-off or a cooking contest or a chili cook-off. You know, get permission at first. Last of all, this is a place in time for people to feel comfortable and safe. It's a place for you to shine with generosity and creativity. Don't have an agenda. Just make others feel welcome. And when you do that, you will taste and see how this actionable practice of Jesus is truly life-giving, both to them and to you. May you redeem and resurrect the ancient practice of building relationships around the table. May you find that eating with friends and family, neighbors, strangers, and loved ones is where you both give and receive encouragement, value, and a deep sense of satisfaction through the Holy Spirit. May you engage the way of Jesus through the actionable practice of eating with others, just like Jesus did. I'm Worth Wheeler for West Seattle Christian Church. Stay rooted and deep in Jesus and produce good fruit, my friends.